You are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is The Conscious Bro Show. Hello everybody, my name is William Kyle Glenn, I go by Kyle. Sitting to my left is my co-host Tony Magaset. Hello, hello, good to be back. Yep, good to have you back. And <laughs> sitting to my right is our guest today, Gregory Splinter. Hi everybody, hi Kyle, hi hey. Tony. Thanks for being here. Gregory is a long time a long time resident of Roku. You said over twenty years. You've been here twenty years in the area and ten years almost to the day uh, moving in on uh, Decker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, Gregory Splinter. He's an architect here locally. He's a um, urban designer as well. He's a former member of the city council. And yeah, the reason why we brought him on the show though is because he's got an exciting project under works here. And we want, we just kind of wanted to talk about that and how it could, if, if it gets accepted, how it could impact Viroqua. So do you want to just give us a quick summary of that? Sure, sure. Um, thanks for having me on today. Uh, a synopsis of what's been going on, and I've been working on this project for, uh, for quite a while, and as a a prompt to um, the, for the affordable housing here in Viroqua, uh, and trying to keep that in a in the center of town, if at all possible. When I was um, it was suggested that there's this site that was going to be available on the corner of Broadway and Main with the with the county moving, and they did. So many of you who are familiar with Viroqua have seen the the old county building. Um, not too much activity there. And um, there's uh, four and a half acres of county property on, on that site. And uh, it's, uh, there's three acres of city property that's, that's, uh, that's there as well. So blended, um, I took on the idea of having a, uh, some affordable housing and market rate housing combined at that site and did a design for it, an urban design for it, uh, for the whole seven and a half acres. So... The stories are multifaceted, but just a quick synopsis. What happened is that we, uh, we meaning the city of Viroqua, you, uh, have received a, a grant for, for $6 million. Oh, my gosh. I just learned that this weekend. I, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that happened. Um, I don't know if it's sitting in the, in the city's coffers, but it, mm-hmm. it, is, uh, it was um, from the Wisconsin uh, Department of Administration through the uh, neighbor, neighborhood um, program, mm. and the city was awarded that. Well, it was awarded when um, a developer uh, asked permission for the city to apply for this grant, and they did, and the grant was received. And what one of the things that brings me to um, to your show today, Glenn Tony, is that um, the uh, the single developer that started the the grant and the city was awarded that grant, um, has never really left the tarmac. They're, they've been the uh, uh, the single developer that that has been, what might you say, um, the, the, only, the only show in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is that there could be other ideas that were vetted in other, in other economic systems as well. The, the developer that uh, is, is working with the city um, to that degree, and has been presented, has been pre- presenting their their project to to the citizens and so forth, um, is what's commonly known as a uh, well, it's a low income housing uh, tax credit 
uh, developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a, um, a, t- a type of devel- developer, LIHTC. It's a l- low-income housing mm-hmm. tax credit developer. Okay. And they have their system. They have their way in town. They have their way to do things. Uh, this particular developer is, is not from here. They're from Oshkosh. And um, and remains on the tarmac with uh, with the city, primarily interested in them. And uh, so it's been a, a um, the story has been trying to present other ideas, other designs, and most recently, um, a, a different economic model for them to. Uh, well, so just to try to sum up some of what you're saying, so we got a swath of land here across from the co-op. That, that is available for development. We have a grant coming in from the state of Wisconsin of $6 million. There's a couple of options of how, what are we gonna do with this land? Like, how are we gonna develop this land? And we have uh, a developer from Oshkosh that has a low income model. And we have you that has a, um, a home ownership model, correct? Correct. Yes, that that is the uh, the difference primarily I like to, to talk about today. There there are three major factors here, you know, for this project. One is the economic model, um, and the developer from Oshkosh is promoting rentals only for low income families, and where that might seem to be um, okay on on the surface, when you start digging down deeper, uh, it might not be to Wisconsin uh, to Roka's best advantage, uh, as opposed to the possibility of a home ownership model. Basically, what happens with the low-income housing tax credit model is that a developer comes in, and uh, in this instance, we have a $6 million grant, and so that $6 million goes to the developer to for them to build their buildings so that low-income folks can have their, their rental housing. So that sounds pretty good. But when you um, start taking a broader look at it, what, what actually is happening here is that um, everything that is, is in, in gaining for, for, the, for that single developer could be shifted toward the residents of Viroqua and Vernon County. Instead of the, the money and the benefits going to the developer, it could go towards the residents. Of the, the surplus of the operation, yeah, where is that going to go? To a small entity, a tiny group of people, or is there a way to spread that out amongst the people that participate in this? Or the city and an entity whole, outside of the people. area, too. The, uh, yeah. what, what makes for the... What makes for... Um, what happens is that the grant money when the buildings are being built just doesn't disappear. That money goes for building those buildings that are owned by the developer. So they have own, they have ownership of the buildings, they have the land, and they're the ones that are getting the equity uh, for, the, for the property. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a more of a situation of, uh, of corporate landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to add to that, of course, is we have then a situation where we have a single a low-income tax credit housing only on the single piece of property as opposed to a more socioeconomic mm. blend. Right. To clarify, the current developer's plan does call for 10 units of market rate housing, but that would just be about 14% of the total units in development. And they would still be rental options. They wouldn't be home ownership options. And then for the next 15, 20, maybe 30 years, we have mm-hmm. low-income families 
uh, giving their rents to this developer. So they're the mm-hmm. ones that are building the equity. Right. Um, so what might so. I was working on this project for quite. Well, let's, I'm gonna before no. you say that. Let's just summarize what, okay. what we're saying here. Because also you said that I think I remember you saying that this land might not have to pay property taxes on it. What's that called? It's in a uh, it's a it's in a uh, tax increment uh, district. A tid. It's in a tid. So there wouldn't be property taxes on it for 20 right. years or something. Right. Okay. So to summarize, then this landlord would get the six million, or this this developer would get the six million dollars grant. He would own the land. He would get the rent payments from all the people for 15 to 30 years, he said, mm-hmm. um, and um, wouldn't have to pay taxes on it for 20 years. Correct. Right. So that's all of our money here in the town kind of being siphoned away out of town. And I understand you have a model that might give us the ability to maybe keep some of that value here in Roca rather than getting it shifted out of town. Right. right about that. Yeah, right, right. Uh, nicely said. Uh, and more succinctly than how I said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so imagine, um, I, I was working on this project for, for a while, right? And struggling with the economic model. I mean, how, how could I make this work too? And then it occurred to me that what we needed to do was not have rental units, but have home ownership. Mm. I started looking into that. And it was quite an epiphany uh, when I started looking into it and, and thinking about what that really meant. And what that really meant, uh, a home ownership model as opposed to uh, rentals, low-income rentals, was that, and we're still serving low-income families. We're mm-hmm. just offering home ownership to them instead of just paying rent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the curtain became uh, started to unfold. It was, oh, you mean that the land could actually be owned by individuals? You mean that people can own their own real estate, their own property, their own homes? Oh, you mean that um, the um, uh, the values of those properties can go to individuals and not to a corporation? Oh, you mean that we can build the equity? Oh, you mean that we don't have to pay rent? Uh, we could use fixed rate mortgages mm-hmm. instead of raising uh, rising rents over the next 30 years? Oh my gosh! It just seemed to me that sounds like a pretty great <laughs> idea to me. Yeah, well, I mean, like from what you're saying in, in a home ownership model, like why wouldn't somebody go for this? You know what I mean? Like, what right. what is the appeal of this other model, um, the low income rental model, as opposed to a home ownership model? Sure, sure. Um, well, I, I guess you're kind of getting into my opinion or my observations. That's fine. Is that okay? That's okay. That's All why right. we got you on here. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the reason why something like that could uh, be, uh, what was the word they used, um, you know, desired by by some people would be that it's, it's an incredibly lucrative business. I mm. mean, let's face it. Um, uh, a, a tried and true light tech developer can come on in, say, this is how we do things. They can give some assurity to the city council, to the city administrator, and um, and say, this is how we do things. Here's the model that's tried and true, and why rethink it? Why do anything else? It, it just gives a sense of uh, insurance to, um, to government yeah. that when they use government tactics to do governmental things. Um, the, uh, the irony of that 
<laughs> the irony of that, you know, oh, are we going to lose the grant? Oh, are we going to lose this? Or oh, is this going to go bad? The irony of it is that if it goes according to the plan of using a standalone Litech developer, it all goes away. We lose everything and it all goes into the uh, portfolios of, of the developer. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know, the developer are bad people or anything. It's, right. it's, it's, it's their business model. It's mm-hmm. the system. It's how things operate. And what we're saying was if we do things a little bit differently with the right people in the right way, with the right intentions, then we can make some pretty incredible things happen for ourselves right here in this town. Yeah. So that, that $6 million grant, where would that money go towards in your model? Right, right. Okay, so we're digging down deep a little bit here, right? Yeah, okay. we should, I think. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. People understand. Okay, so what I'm proposing is that we use the whole seven and a half acres for 50% market rate housing, which means we build housing and it's just regular conventional you know, well, economics where people buy a house, a town home, or a condo apartment. And the other half is all for uh, affordable, low-income eligibility required as per the, the grant. Mm-hmm. The grant is required that you have to have certain eligibilities to participate, whether it's rental or home ownership. So with approximately uh, 40 units for market rate and 40 units for low-income uh, for low-income uh, home ownership, what we do is we use that $6 million grant, right? We take $1.5 million for, uh, for child daycare, so that's, that brings it to $4.5 million. And what we use, uh, instead of giving it to the developer, we use it as a voucher system to help people to, to make these residences, home ownership residences, affordable. So in just in, in round numbers, for instance, and I think, uh, Kyle, you might have some more specific what happens if you, if you pull a loan and so forth, uh, a mortgage. But um, looking at it in round numbers, let's say that you, there's a thousand square foot one bedroom apartment, for instance, and, and just say that that had, had uh, a thousand square feet to it. So the first thing you do is attach a, a construction cost of dollars per square foot to that. Mm-hmm. So I made some presumptions in all of my calculations, but I think that they're, they're reasonable presumptions. And so I presumed $250 per square foot for construction cost, $250 per square foot. So what I'm suggesting is what makes this affordable, because $250 a square foot is not affordable for a lot of people, especially those within the, that uh, income brackets that make for eligibility for low income, is to use that uh, the remaining $4.5 million for vouchers. And the vouchers are a function of the square footage of the residence. So the bigger the residence, bigger square footage, more of a voucher. Now, these are all can be varied. It's all Excel. You know how it works. Mm-hmm. You put a lower number here, a higher number here. So and we're trying, what we're trying to do is work ourselves toward a, a reasonable and affordable within the governmental um, uh, confines mm-hmm. of, of getting what that, that payment number would be. So putting in $100 per square foot voucher on a 1,000 on square, square foot apartment for instance, would bring a, um, would bring uh, a one bedroom townhome, townhome, right. To, um, uh, taking off, hold on. Uh, so be, uh, $250 per square foot construction. 
a $250,000 purchase price minus $100,000. So that apartment now costs $150,000. Yeah. Right. Wow. So the so instead that six, or I guess it would be when it's all like deducted down, it would be $4.5 million that instead of all that money going to the developer, it would actually be going to people purchasing homes. Exactly. Who need, need it the most. Yeah. Yeah, depending on your need. It right. goes So it goes to low quote unquote lower income people, people with less means right now in their you But know, they get they don't have to pay rent to somebody. They're actually getting to own something. They get to own a piece of something. And instead of subsidizing their rent, say, or you know, however that might work, which is sort of dubious as well, whether that even actually happens sometimes. But you know, like you said, essentially does it go out of the area to one entity or does it does the same amount get spread out over the people who need them help the most? That's exactly yeah. Yes. And the the tax because you said they don't have to pay taxes. So would the um, the homeowner have to pay property taxes? You know, uh, my understanding is that since it's in a uh, tax increment district, it's also called a TIF type uh, tax increment financing. That in fact they wouldn't have to pay taxes when living on that property for twenty years, I believe. So, yeah. uh, the irony is that so that same like tax advantage goes to the developer. That's right. another so give, another giveaway. Right. That, yeah. That, Go so, yeah, it sounds like, yeah. to me, when I hear you say this, it sounds like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like we're just giving so much value to this other person. And it seems to make sense. Just to give you some more numbers, like, I just wrote some of these down. Like, a townhome, one-bedroom, 700 square feet, purchase price, $175,000. You would get 70000 off the voucher. Now, we're assuming that this is a 5% interest rate, 15-year mm-hmm. loan. Mm-hmm. And so, the loan amount would be... a Am I right? And that's all correct. And with no extra, down payment. No down payment. Zero down payment. Uh, so it'd be, you'd be the loan amount would be one hundred and five thousand dollars. You'd be looking at a monthly payment of eight hundred and thirty dollars. Now, say you put twenty percent down, you'd be looking at a payment of six hundred and sixty-four dollars. Thirty-year mortgage, no down payment, five hundred and sixty-four dollars. Uh, Thirty-year, twenty percent down payment. Um, would be $451. And I should add that the payments that I'm quoting are just principal and interest. So there would be insurance on top of that, which could amount to about 100 extra or so, but you still wouldn't be paying any property tax. So, I mean, that's like, that sounds incredibly the, affordable to me. And the voucher essentially acts as a huge down payment. Yeah, know, yeah that's true. So that's why you don't necessarily need a down payment. Some might argue, well, you know, for the longevity of the probability of a family you know they need to have some stake in it we could work you know that could be worked through you know is it is there a certain minimum amount or you know i guess what happens when let's say they well we're not we didn't put any money in and you know it's just one out of a hundred families and they they're just you know they they leave the situation like what happens when the when it it's time for a family to exit then either you know through whatever mechanism or situation right right really really uh, thoughtful, uh, good question. So, and if I think I've, if I'm getting you right, Tony, that uh, somebody could come on in and, and want to purchase one of these, right? Yeah. And and get the voucher and then flip the house and, and keep the voucher. And that, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. So what pays, the, the hard cash that pays for the construction of any one of these townhomes is the... Um, uh, is the v- voucher amount 
added to the mortgage dollars that come on in that the individuals need to take out. Yeah. So that hard cash pays for the uh, purchase price for, for, the, for the house. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that, let's say somebody comes in and wants to uh, move in 10 years. Well, even though that whole voucher amount was used for the construction of that building, taking the number of this being a 20-year program, for instance, okay, that seems to be another reasonable thing. Then if the pre person decided to move after 10 years, they would actually keep half of the uh, voucher amount on paper. So when they sell the house to the next person who has to be um, uh, within those low-income means as well, mm -hmm. that they would actually get the other half of the voucher mm -hmm. amount, and that would help them with their down payment and yeah. so forth. So it's really impossible. You can't really game the system to sort of somehow get the voucher out of it. You, know, you have to stay the in there for at least 20 years. And, and if you don't, then there's a really a, a, a logical, equitable way of how you can you know, get out of the situation if you need to or whatever, but you're not taking all the, the benefit with you. You're taking your proportion out, essentially. So almost like how land, you know, like a land contract-ish, mm -hmm. you know, it, just that flavor where you, you're putting, you're putting money in um, and you sort of get what you've sort of put in. At the end of it, you know, you, you certainly own it, you know, free and clear. Um, you're not renting it, but there's this kind of equi equitable, smart way of like transitioning to the next family. Well, it keeps somebody from being able to get that voucher and then flip it. Right, because right, that's not the point, you know. That's like, that just like you said, that can't that well in, in the bylaws that just won't happen, basically. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, there's so much that goes on with a project like this. It's just not about building an apartment building and and the right number of parking spaces. Right. Um, so in in taking a a, a a handed approach like this, we think about having individuals come on in and, and, and buy these and buy these units and um so a program like this too also kind of you can come and you can go you can sell and you can buy whenever mm -hmm. you want to right. there's there's no yeah. you know, big clauses about sure. things it's, it's not complicated yeah is one thing uh, and the other part is that but it does uh say it it, it it invites you to stay the full 20 years there. So we want to build community. We're starting a trajectory yeah. of building strong community with people who have ownership mm -hmm. in this. And we uh -oh. all know the big differences between comings and goings of, uh, of, uh, of apartments and building real community. Yeah. The, the idea here is that these units are all constructed of the same type of construction. Um, the same uh, amount of dollars per square foot is applied to everything. The only variable is the size of the places. Mm -hmm. You know, people with more money would be able to buy market rate housing and the larger units. Mm -hmm. um, those just starting out, though, whether they're low income or not low income, can start out with an efficiency or a live-work loft or a one-bedroom. Or you know, we, So there's a lot of flexibility and there's a lot of choice. Uh, in this as well, do you want to live in an apartment building or, or a townhome or, mm -hmm. or share a townhome? Yeah. Uh, do you want to? It's all of that. It's all of that. So uh, we want young people and old people. Mm -hmm. We want gay and straight. We want artists and mathematicians. We think that building uh, a community that is inclusive and diverse mm -hmm. is is the core of richness to um, to Viroqua. Well, and resilient resi resiliency. I mean, mm. you know, it, and it's just cool because what we're talking about is this is an extension of Viroqua. 
you know, it's 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 an expansion internally, which is awesome, of Viroqua, which is this town that wants to be what you're talking about. And it's I think that diversity of being that and all it mixed together in this, you know, relatively functional kind of cool place. Like we just we need to go all in on that because not everybody has that opportunity. Yeah. But it's happening here. Well, you're listening to 919 WDRT. Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. I'm here with my co-host Tony Maxa and my guest uh, Gregory Splinter, and we're talking about this exciting housing project um, that has some potential to happen here in Viroqua. So just a uh, so one model. I'm just going to go one for one. One model, the six million dollar grant goes to a developer. The other model, it goes to homeowners. One model, the developer owns the land right in the heart of Roqua. The other model, homeowners own the land. One model, all the rent money for 15 to 30 years goes to the developer. The other model, there is no rent. They own the home. One model, the the developer doesn't have to pay taxes because it's in a, what do you call it? A tid. A tid. And the other model, the homeowners don't have to pay the taxes for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Right. Am I missing anything there? Yeah. There's probably more, but you know, you, you asked the question before, and what's 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 the question here? And you know what it is? Political will. This is a complete question of political will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that's really standing in the way of um, of choosing one and not the other is, I think, um, just that. What do you mean by political will? Well, it touches on um, political administrations wanting to do what's tried and true and what make what assures them that they're not going to have, um, that they're doing all the right things, right? That's that, the thing. Yeah, that yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to lose their no. job. Right. And so right. any it's, sort yeah. of different... It's like the status quo. It's the way that things have been done. It's kind of people are used to it. Mm-hmm. It's worked in the past before. Right. Why change it's, things? Well, like, like you, that. you like you said, it's more of a sure thing. Yeah. So we, if we're if we're the administrator or the you know the, the decision maker entity of something like this, we can all see how it be it would make a lot of sense just to go with what is known and what is safe. Sure. And if it didn't go well, nobody would blame the person no, because it's yeah, always been done. It's always right? how we did it. So whereas if, if you go out on a limb, I mean. No one's going to be think you're a hero, you know. Like you're that's. And, and again, a, the, the irony is that under that model, you lose everything. Yeah, you lose everything at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might. There's long, there's short range stuff, just like everything in life, mm-hmm. right? There's short range, and then there's long range. Yeah. You, you take a look at the short range, you go, well, I'll better be safe, and I better yeah. move ahead, and and you know, this is the way to go. Yeah. But it doesn't take long to wonder that in the next thirty years, wh- who's gonna. Who's going to be around? I mean, it's going to be a whole sort of different ball game. Mm-hmm. I won't even be here in thirty years, good mm-hmm. doctor. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, stories change, and what yeah. seems to be the right decision for the right now is just a, a really um, a, a, a miniature way of looking at at projects like this. We've right. got to expand our our our, um, our hearts. Yeah. And expand our visions as to what what this really means that we're creating for the next thirty years. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the political will thing is, is and, you know, let's just say there's sort of city leadership, you know, the stewards of the city, the people like in it thinking and working the, the, the levers and doing the logistics, you know, like we need them. They, for them to proceed with something like this, they need the political will. The political will comes from, I think, a grassroots support of this project or something like it, you know, this flavor of let's keep it local and figure it out. And if we had that, they, that's the political will. They're going to sort of do what most of the people are feeling like, well, let's go for this. And we have a once in a lifetime opportunity here, perhaps, to actually redevelop, you know, a brown, you know, decrepit area that needs, you know, to be cleaned up in the heart of the city and one of the most, you know, action-filled corners yeah. in the whole town, extend the vibrant downtown that we already have, provide this amazing, not just housing, but homes, because people own them. And if we can develop this groundswell and get people to understand this idea, the leaders will come around because they want to do what's, what people basically, you know, the majority of the average kind of people person wants to do. So that's how well, we Well, speaking this of grassroots movement, we do have a petition that's going up. I'll just say it now and I'll say it at the end of the show. It's www.ipetitionsipetitions.com slash petition. Again, P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N slash afford dash Viroqua. Afford A-F-F-O-R-D dash Viroqua. You guys should know how to spell and, and probably if they just went to ipetitions.com and searched for Viroqua. Maybe. Right? I don't, you I don't know, know. It probably would just pop up. That's what's that. We'll, we'll say it again yeah. at the end of the show. And but, it'll be, uh, be in the show notes too, probably. Totally, yeah. totally. We'll okay. post it up. So stay tuned for that. Go to Viroqua area folks for that too if you're on Facebook. But so we're currently on. Yeah. The city has currently is currently contracting with option number one, right? The de the developer mm -hmm. currently. Um, so what what's the situation with that? Is there any way to? I understand there is a way to turn that back potentially, or how do you understand that? You know, I, I have to leave that to greater minds than my own. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, like Tony said, the 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 will of of um, the town needs to be there. Mm. for sure um and then needs to communicate that to the to the decision makers but the, it's not the purchase is not 100 percent complete to my understanding right? my, my understanding it, you know that the, there's been um some uh not full understanding of what's happening here and you know so i'll just tell you what what i know to be true okay. um so the developer placed um uh, a contract. Uh, the, the, the county, the county of uh, Vernon County, okayed a land sale to this developer. So there's a contract on the land. So it's um, it's like you wanting to buy a house, and you make an offer on the house, and the offer is accepted. But uh, is that the time for you to bring bring in your sofas? No. Right. You know you don't own the house. Hmm. So uh, there's, they have a contract, a land contract on it, but they don't own it yet. Um, but in a lot of ways, th this is, uh, it's secondary. It's, it's almost, it, it doesn't make any difference, quite honestly, because what we need to do, if people are, are really, if they really want this model, if they do, mm -hmm. um, and if the city goes for a home ownership model with the way that we're discussing it here today, um, 
the developer will will just walk from this. They ha it, it, it they wouldn't have the land, the buildings, the rent. Um, they wouldn't be making the equity. All this would be going to Veropa Vernon County residents, not mm -hmm. to them. There's no reason for them to do the project, which might mm -hmm. scare a lot of people. Um, but they would just ha they would by their own nature they would walk from the project. There's no profit. There's no no way for them to because all that would be going. To, You're saying if the city kind of just went to the developer and was like, well, I think we want to do a, a home ownership model. Right, right. And in and of itself, to, it would just fall into place probably. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's like the beauty of it, right? Uh, I mean, if you really want this model, sorry developers, but I mean, that's just, you know, it, it just doesn't serve your model anymore. Um, about the housing, Tony, I, I understand. I have heard through the grapevine, not from you, but that... Um, the hospital's having a hard time finding homes for workers. Is that true, or do you want to speak to that a little bit? Right. Well, I can't, you know, of course, I'm not speaking for on behalf of VMH, but just let, let's just say in general, I've always joked, you know, like we're, we're, we're always short-staffed as every hospital, I think, in America is. In fact, we, we're probably slightly less understaffed than a lot of places. But I've always joked, like, we should, instead of re recruiting for the job, because there's so much like available positions out there right now so people can really pick and choose where they really want to be that we sort of sell the lifestyle here as much as we sell the job the job you know i'm biased but it's a pretty good gig over there um <laughs> but it's like oh yeah this house is pretty cool you know this this uh maybe in this new development for example um, oh, and by the way, your house, yeah, it, it, it comes with this awesome job, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it is one of the ways that, of course, that we can compete with, you know, maybe bigger hospitals, this or that, more bells and whistles. It's like, look, you know, we were just saying before we started recording, like, this place where we live, it's just unbelievable here. I mean, yeah. what a gift to, like, just reside here. And we just part need to, of the scene. We just know. need to build more homes here. <laughs> we just need to have like mo not just you know more homes, but like a variety of homes, which yeah, kind of right. goes, Gregory, I think, to your whole their whole premise of this this mixed development where the people with the least means can get into home ownership, and those that have more means like get this tricked out, cool, you know, Viroqua urban townhouse kind of thing. I mean, it's there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to like there. Do you want to go in a little bit to what it's going to look like? Or what, like, what it, what is the layout? Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. um, if I could just back up a half a step and, and yeah, sure, still still sure. play off kind of what Tony was talking about, is that there's these three facets that I think that the other developer just um, is more single-faceted. So mm -hmm. in my mind, uh, when doing projects like this, to bring that richness of spirit to these places, there's three things. One is this idea of uh, mixing the socioeconomics of it not to have just standalone low-income housing, but to have a social mix so that people can help other people, you know, raise themselves up a little bit, you know, of, of who you bump into and who you're, uh, who you're rubbing elbows with. Yeah. I mean, things, the power of design that I think we've captured in, in our urban design, uh, where people come into the, a plaza going uh, to another store and, mm -hmm. oh, hey, haven't seen you. Yeah. Uh, there's no goddess here. I mean, it's just, you, you could... But um, right. so the, the, the nature uh, taken into control, uh, taken into um, the, 
human nature aspects of this mm-hmm. and how we live and so forth. Yeah. Um, so let's have a let, let's have something a, a cool spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the cool factor. The cool factor has huge economic value to it. I mean, Viroqua deserves this. You know, it does. It it deserves this thoughtfulness and like long term approach to design. Because you know, having you know lived and, and breathed inside my mind with looking at your at the design of this, you haven't des- you have not designed an apartment building, which alone would be pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you have essentially designed this new neighborhood. That's going to be fun and, you know, fancy for a few years. But eventually it's just going to be a neighborhood in Viroqua as you wander the streets or maybe live there, interface with the businesses, the people, whatever. And it's like, how do we not create a neighborhood with arguably four to seven brand new acres in the heart of a town versus just, you know, all due respect, just another monolithic apartment building thing which is whatever it's fine but we here we can do something different well thanks and really make a statement and you know create a neighborhood thanks tony Uh, you know putting looking at it from from that perspective i mean not getting off the subject ben folds is coming to Viroqua, wisconsin Mm. ben folds Mm -hmm. right the musician yeah david sedaris yeah is coming to Viroqua, Wisconsin. I didn't even know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're coming here to us. Yeah. And to see that through the, those glasses and say that having some apartment buildings and parking lots in as a heart center of Viroqua yeah. is, is just so disproportionate and so lackluster. And um, it's... It, <laughs> yeah. You could, uh, these guys can see the expression on my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it just, it's like we're, we're talking a lot of like social theory and stuff in a way. But, but really, you know, to go to the ultimate thing, like the architecture of what we're talking about, you know, what is architecture? And to fashion architecture versus just a structure my goodness, you know, what a gift that we have this chance, you know, this, you know, it's a razor thin little thing here, but I mean, there's this chance that this could happen. And, you know, Gregory, I just got to say before we, before we finish here that, you know, you and I collaborated on a hallmark of this town that is thriving, which is the Viroqua public market, historic got rehab award-winning place, which I was one of the developers and co-founders, and Gregory was the chief architect and designer, along with Chris Cox as the building team. And, you know, it's just going gangbusters in there. You know, it's taken two decades, but (laughs) (laughs) it's finally like a thing. And it's just, you know, so anyway, we've we've been at this for a while. That's my ex's favorite place in Viroqua. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, for what it's worth... Um, I think, you know, version 2.0-ish of something like that um, really sh- needs to happen. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. I, I, I think we got that we got that going on with, with uh, I'm calling this Broadway Place. On the corner of, of Broadway and Main, right across from the co-op, mm. the Old County Highway Shop property. Um, I... I have it in in four four phases, <clears throat> and the first phase would be the um, the plaza with the retail stores, 
having more of a, a European uh, feel to it with a, a water feature. And also there's um, there's a there's a connection, an open connection between the co-op and and the plaza. Just just a visual, um, and with the three stories of apartments on top of that. Again, nice. those can be condos or and knowing that some people will want to rent. What I suggest is that we sell some of those units to the Viroqua Housing Authority mm. with with the voucher program. Yes. So that um, so then they're they're the ones that are managing yeah. you know that part because there will be the need for some apartments so sure. but anything we take off um, home ownership is is a lost uh, opportunity yeah. for people to build up equity in their own lives and and people do have um, statistics on a dollar spent in town. Um, of what that would mean, like seven dollars or eight dollars, it just right. it just it, yeah. it just it's just builds right. us. Yeah. And if we're if we're taught to buy local mm. and um, and support our local businesses, th- this is just so much larger proportion. Yeah. Um, than e- even and please keep supporting our 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 main street stores here in Viroqua, but it, to think that that would be given away by the city administration. Is disproportionate as well. It's just almost unfathomable to me. Well, you're listening to 919 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. I'm sitting here with our guest, Gregory Splinter, and we're talking about his amazing housing project called Broadway Place. And we just went through some of the layouts, a lot of beautiful townhomes, and we got a child daycare and a plaza and some business areas and a place for potentially a bar restaurants and stuff yeah it's really beautiful i want to i just want to real quick go into just one more numbers thing because i just we factor because in this plan homeowners are going to be getting big vouchers in order to help them with like home purchase so i went some through some numbers earlier on but some more if you got a two-bedroom townhome uh, it would be 900 square feet purchase price would be um, based on the calculations would be about two hundred and twenty-five thousand you'd get a $90,000 voucher. So the loan amount would be about 135,000 that you'd need. 5%, this is based on 5% interest rate. Now this is with nothing down and on a 15 year uh, loan, you'd be looking at a monthly payment of 1,068. Now, if you wanted to put 20% down on that, it would be 854. 30 year mortgage would be 735, 25, sorry. And then 30 year with 20% down would be 580. Just to give you an example of what we'd be looking at. If, and if I may, um, the thought here is that there wouldn't be any property taxes to be paid because of the, the tip, oh, yeah. right? And um, so the number that, that you just mentioned there, Kyle, it's, it's just principal and interest. That's yeah. all. Thank you. And, and Thank there, you for clarifying that. Yeah. And, and there might be another 100 bucks a month for, um, for insurance that banks right. require right. Uh, mortgage insurance or something like that. So... Um, but yeah, I think we're getting pretty close, and these numbers do fall within the um, state-defined categories of uh, of eligibility for low-income housing. We're just we just want to make them home ownership and no rentals. Right, and then speaking of eligibility, do you have any details on like what type of people would be who would qualify for something like this? Like how how do you my, go about that? Right. Well, you know it's um it's all about the numbers at that point and. Give me a second here. For um, 
if we're talking about 80% of low income limits, um, we're, we're talking about, well, maybe that the, going over these numbers and so forth, what we did was that we checked to make sure that the eligibility was within the, um, the uh, median family income. You don't want people to pay more than a certain percentage of their income for their, for their housing. So then there's that restriction put on it, uh, the restriction of their own incomes, and then you divide that by 12. So we're within those limits. So mm -hmm. I, you know, and all that is uh, part of, uh, of documentation that's out there, and I, I have that. So. Okay. So it'd, yeah. be, it'd be something that people could apply for and stuff. Yeah, and just a small thing, you know, but we, we put um, bathrooms on the first floor in a bedroom on the first floor of every one of these units, um, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so it's all age in place, yeah. and it's what we call in architecture type B um, accessibility. Mm. Um, so... We want people to um, be young and live there. We want people to be old and live there. Yeah. We want people to, again, going back to the inclusivity and diversity. Yeah, that's is that sort of like universal design where it's like any any person could habitate this space. It's set up for any person of any ability or age or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So smart. I mean, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it that way? Mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense. Yeah. Is there? I did hear like there was something about there being. They're kind of worried about the waste in the land or something like that. Is there going to be any issues with that? Or oh yeah, I mean um, it's a contaminated site okay. to be sure, but uh, it's what we typically call a brownfield. Okay. So there are way too many brownfields in the United States, <laughs> and this is one of them. Um, but uh, it has to be the cost incurred to um, to take off the. Uh, the, the hazardous soils of what's accumulated there from oils and gases. The railroad went through there mm -hmm. for years. Um, so, but all that is done per uh, DNR and uh, Environmental Protection Agency standards. And it all has to be done above board um, before anybody financially would, would even take a look at the, at the project. So that's something that's done all the time. It happens all the time. Um, and actually, one might even suggest that there's a kind of badge of courage that goes along with taking a brownfield in the center of your town, right, and uh, and reclaiming it mm -hmm. as uh, as a healthy site. Yeah. And you know, no, no architect, designer, or or politician or, or contractor worth their salt would uh, want anything less than than a clean site to, to build on again. Yeah. When I was a kid, where the Viroqua Co-op is now used to be the way plant. Mm. And that was a massively contaminated site. And now look at it. You know, it's like one of the foremost like businesses in the whole region. What do you think this could do for the future of Viroqua? Like, what do you think the like a lasting long-term impact would be? You know, um, I, I what comes to my mind are the families that would actually live in in these. Uh, there was a. Um, we're not the only people on the planet who have thought about home ownership for for low-income families. Um, if anybody's interested, there is a uh, a Sunday morning CBS show. It was aired in September of this year, mm -hmm. just so it's fairly recent. Yeah. And this was for a um, a large site in Brooklyn, New York. And it was the funding there came. It was it was more church. It was church backed, so that was their it was a, a church program sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. But the amount of uh, of equity and wealth that that project did for um, the people living in there for the next 
two generations, three generations. Uh, if I remember correctly, it, it, it turned out to be in the billions of dollars. Mm. This was wow. a little bit larger. It was in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but the, the amount of wealth that that produced, I mean, no wonder somebody made a business out of this, right? Mm. Of course. Yeah. And this is incredibly lucrative and great, but let's let's give these lucrative possibilities to people who, you know... Yeah. It makes so much sense, I mean, to spread it around to people, especially the people that need it the most... This money is on the table. This money is going to be generated and made, <laughs> collected, you know. And it's like, it's just a question of where we decide as a society, as a community, where it goes. How long do you think it would take you to to build something like this? Well, it depends on, um, I have a team um, imagined for this. Uh, but quite honestly, we need the city's support right. to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm about this um and i guess that's why it goes back to political will um you know the city's going to get whatever they want you know if it's um if it's housing uh on rental for a, a corporate landlord then that's what they're going to get and i guess that's what we would all get yeah. um, but if they want another possibility then we could have that too and i i think i have an awesome 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 team uh, kind of like a one-stop shop sort of a thing um, where uh, getting the contractor who does this type of work um, uh, large and larger projects. Mm-hmm. And they also have a development arm that I would like to be a part of. And uh, and they also have what's called design build. So they actually, mm-hmm. um, I could take my design and they can do the real working drawings when mm. we see the blueprints. Right. So, and then they have all the estimating uh, included. Yeah. So uh, we would be a team yeah. that could move in coherence. Right. That's a turnkey uh, situation uh, to make more, this happen. A, a turnkey, and I would also suggest that you know the administrators and the financial arrangements all go through local banks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and uh, you know, none of this money would ever go through me. Uh, there's ways for me to make money on this, to earn a living doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all that would go through the city and and uh, and financial institution uh, chosen by others. And mm-hmm. so, so we gotta yeah. the the city has got to change course if we want this to happen. How, how how would that happen? Like how do we get their attention? Like, how does one somebody listening to this they want to do something? What, what would you recommend them doing or us doing or anybody doing? Well, I, I like the idea. I, I think a good start is going to that petition that you that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read it when you're done. Okay. All right. And and then it's a, it's it's an active number clicker, right? So anybody can take a look and just see those numbers start rolling in. And then perhaps the city will have a chance to know. Of um, of what other people's desires are, if they're something other than what the city administrator, what the what, what the administration and the council are thinking right now. I yeah. I, I know that there are, there are people on council that are uh, on board with. I like to think that there are people in council that are on board with this. Yeah. Um, I know the council members almost entirely. Um, I was on my fifth year on, on city council, and um, they, I know them and they know me. And actually, I quit council um, for reasons of not having any conflicts of interest because I wanted to pursue this this project so dearly. Mm-hmm. 
I told people I was born for this project. Right. Nice. Um, uh, When does city council meet? How often do they meet? Right. Okay. So um, this is is important for people that would like to uh, uh, speak out about it. it. Right. So typically, I mean, very, very, very typically, the city council meets twice a month. Okay. It's on Tuesdays. It's the second Tuesday of the month and the final Tuesday of the month, 7 p.m., the new city hall. It's on Decker, the 200 block of Decker and uh, West Decker that you're probably familiar with. And uh, they're held in the community room. So go around the back. It's on the ground floor. It's all accessible. It's all good. Uh, Parking in the back, accessibility in the back. And so... City Council has um, a time for public comment, and which if somebody would like to make a public comment to their city council for this or for any reason whatsoever, uh, it's you know it's it's an excellent thing to do, if for no other reason than to just get something off your chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, highly recommended. Yeah, I did it. I did it this Tuesday, and I just got to tell you, it's really simple. I'd never done that before, and I, you could get in and out of there in like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It happens right at the very beginning. There wasn't that many people there. I was. I think I, at that time I was the only one that spoke. I don't know if it's always like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, you can do it fairly quickly, and it's it's not hard. Great, great. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, that no problem. Awesome. Yeah, and cool. yeah. So if you're interested in that, that's one thing that you can do. Um, you know, anything else? You can... Oh, yeah, let's give you the petition, the petitions. Let, let, let me just say one more thing quickly is that it's imperative that you get there before 7 o'clock because mm. period for public comment comes, like, right out of the box. Right, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it right was out of the within box. the first, like, three to five minutes, I think. Right. right, and if you're not there, it just moves on pretty quickly. Mm. It's Pledge of Allegiance, announcements, yeah. public comment, boom. Cool. <laughs> and you get your you get three minutes to uh, to say whatever you want. Mm. Get on the soapbox. Is it a soapbox? Yeah, a soapbox. I didn't have to, I didn't have to stand. That's what it's called. You don't have to stand on anything. All right, the petition, again, is www.ipetitions, that's I-P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com slash petition, P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N slash afford dash Viroqua, A-F-F-O-R-D dash Viroqua. Go to that website and nice. sign the petition. Yeah. I'd like to add too is that um, the Sunday morning on CBS, and, and but there is also um, there's something called the Urban Institute for a more academic approach. It's it's not a a, a large paper, but it, a white, they wrote a white paper uh, entitled "Home Ownership Is Affordable Housing." Mm-hmm. Um, they come out of uh, Washington uh, D.C. and uh, it's it's a pretty quick read, and they have a lot of graphs. They bring up uh, the points, a lot of the points that we talked about here today. But I, I just love the spirit of this place. Um, it's a nonprofit. The Urban Institute is a nonprofit, and they do leading research uh, and dedicated to developing evidence-based insights that improve people's lives and strengthen communities. Yeah, so you know? cool. Wow. So for 50 years, they've been doing this. Um, they've been, uh, so I'm reading their their uh, blurb, a trusted source for rigorous analysis of complex social and economic issues, strategic advice to policymakers, philanthropists, and practitioners, and new promising ideas that expand opportunities for all. Our work inspires effective decisions that advance fairness and enhance the well-being of people and places. Nice. 
That's cool. Um, in your opinion, when we're talking, you think there's kind of more of a hard deadline when we come to March where it might be irreversible, something like that? You, you know, it seems like it's been an incremental process mm -hmm. for various reasons. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's hard to stop a slow-moving train, <laughs> too, right? right? So you just need a lot of people standing in front of it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, you know, kindness is the key. You know, let's all form a team that that makes this project and and, and it um it, it a, a heart center for for the city of Viroqua and you know this the, working with people in the city and uh, there's just so much potential excitement here that uh, is a, uh, one other question just mm -hmm. to like kind of play devil's advocate is the city seeing a need for low income housing where they they want to get it for a certain reason. Or what? What is the it, and that that's why they're going with the apartment model or what? What's right. that all about? You think? No, it, the um, there's a mandate on a state basis, a national basis for low income housing, affordable affordable housing for low income, right? Mm -hmm. So it, we, we nobody's everybody's for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's for that. Um, why would they want to do rentals again? It, it just goes down to I think the developer got the grant and got on the tarmac and never and one thing that was rather disappointing was that it from my point of view uh was that you can choose whatever you want but here's only one choice right you know um so wasn't that the model t ford as well you, you can have right. any color you want as long as it's black yeah <laughs> it was that, that sort of thing and but yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, it, this model is as antiquated as, as a Model T. Yeah, I mean, even like if, if I was going to rent and I was going to be able to rent a whole like townhome for, you know, like, like a, for example, this 30 year mortgage. Now, this is just principal and interest, but it's like 564. You know what I mean? That's like, it's pretty good rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except for your own in a home. So I, I, I think this is just a really amazing opportunity. I really hope we can turn this ship around, you know. Okay. Do you have any final words you want to leave with the uh, listeners? I, the thing that excites me the most is uh, envisioning going there and seeing a whole bunch of different people, uh, different ages, uh, different ideas, different they, they do different things with their different lives, mm -hmm. and uh, we're all together. Yeah. Um, I wish that I had an opportunity to at least get into the market of, of an efficiency that was affordable for me and that I can own mm -hmm. so that when I was making a little bit more money, then maybe I could, you know, then sell it and, and then have some equity built in with something that it's a, it's a great opportunity. And I can't, I mean, I can't imagine anything other than these, uh, going, <laughs> being quite successful shall we say awesome mm -hmm. um we said the petition do you want to give maybe your email and number or something sure someone that has any more questions about it sure uh my business email is gregory g-r-e-g-o-r-y at yowza architects yowza architects y-o-w-z-a a-r-c-h-i-t-e-c-t-s dot com yowza architects.com all one word but there are two a's in the middle <laughs> my phone number is 608-606-3288 606-3288 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Great, great. I, I think it's really inspiring. I really hope we can get it done. That would be awesome. You too. You're listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is The Conscious Bro Show. This is Conscious Bro out. Mr. and Mrs. Martini, welcome home. Bread, that this house may never know hunger. Salt, that life may always have flavor. And wine, that joy and prosperity may reign forever. Enter the Martini Castle. Oh,